This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hey, I'm Ryan Mallory, and this is my Swing Trading the Stock Market podcast. I'm here to teach you how to trade in a complex, ever-changing world of finance. Learn what it means to trade profitably and consistently, managing risk, avoiding the pitfalls of trading, and most importantly, to let those winners run wild. You can succeed at the stock market, and I'm ready to show you how. Hey, everybody. This is Ryan Mallory with Swing Trading the Stock Market. In today's episode, we're going to be talking primarily about stop losses, about why I don't hold my stop losses overnight, why I don't use good to cancel orders. Also, we're going to talk a little bit about 3x leveraged ETFs. What are some of the downfalls on them? Why I try to stay away from them primarily, even at the cost of maybe not making as much on my trades when I'm normally trading ETFs. But this email today is going to come from a guy. He has to be called Bongo. Now, I don't know what Bongo means or what what the meaning is behind it, but I tried not to use people's original names, so I let them either make up a name or I come up with one myself, usually a Florida redneck name if it's me making it up. But anyways, Bongo writes, Hi, Ryan. Been listening to your podcast for quite some time. When I run out of fresh episodes, I backtrack in time. Got as far back as October 2021 so far. Love the show. I especially enjoy your keen takes on the psychological aspects of trading. So If he's going back to October 2021, he's seen a lot on the show so far. That's probably like... 150 plus episodes, I would think. My question has to do with trades overnight, holding trades overnight. I remember you said that you never trade in the first 30 minutes in the morning due to the high volatility that happens then. Does that also mean that you don't hold your stop losses overnight, resetting them at around 10 a.m. each morning then? And a related question about holding inverse ETS, do you hold those overnight? I tried to do some of the math on these, and there is an effect of negative compounding of a fluctuating inverse ETF that seems to hurt returns there. Could you get into that one? Thank you. And you can call me Bongo if this makes a show. You got it, Bongo. You made the show. So a good email here, a lot to dive into. Essentially, two separate questions about stop losses and ultra ETFs. Now, I don't take trades in the first 30 minutes. I've, I've mentioned that a lot on the podcast. I've tried to completely stay away from trading in the first 30 minutes from a new position standpoint. So if I really like the trade setup on Apple and I really like the trade setup in Google or Ford, I'm not going to trade them in the first 30 minutes. I don't care how much they run without me in it or how good the trade setup looks. I won't trade it in the first 30 minutes. Has there been times in the past where I have made trades in the first 30 minutes? Yes, I have. And I think there was times where I maybe wasn't as convicted in that way about the first 30 minutes as I am now. It's pretty much a cemented practice in my trading. Now, if you go back you know, six, seven years ago, probably there was times where I would make exceptions to that rule. And there have been. But at this point, no, I'm pretty much stuck in my ways on that first 30 minutes of trading. I won't, I won't deviate outside of that first 30 minutes. Now, that doesn't mean that if I'm holding a trade and it gets stopped out in the first 30 minutes that I won't let the stop loss trigger. In fact, I do and I do it often. I try not to do it as often, but I still do it on a regular basis when there is a losing trade. And why do I not just wait until 10 a.m.? Well, because it is some of the most volatile periods and most unpredictable moments 
of the market day, that first 30 minutes of trading. The worst thing I could probably do is not use a stop loss. Yes, there's going to be times where getting stopped out in the first 30 minutes of trading is extremely, extremely frustrating. And the reason for that is, is that because it's so unpredictable, you might get stopped out and the stock goes right back up and, and starts taking off. Maybe it goes up 5 or 6% on the day and you're like, I just took a 2% loss on this thing. That's really irritating. I can't tell you how many times that that has happened to me over the years. And it's going to happen to you when you try to be a disciplined trader. It just, it's, it's a part of trading. We try to perfect trading. It's kind of like golf. You're always trying to get better, but you're never going to shoot at 18 on golf, right? But you're always trying to still get better. Same thing with trading. Always trying to get better, but it doesn't mean I'm going to eliminate losing trades or being stopped out in the first 30 minutes at times only to see the stock go right back up. But with those wild swings, they can take a, a turn far worse than we could expect. I've seen trades that open up 4 5% down, and in that first couple of minutes of trading, they make their bottom and shoot right back up into positive territory. And that's really upsetting. <laughs> I mean, there's nothing worse than seeing that happen. You really start to doubt yourself as a trader when you see that happen. Or even worse, you want to start adjusting your rules as a trader. It's like, well, I'm not going to let that ever happen again. I remember what happened last time when I followed my stop loss in the first 30 minutes of trading. I got stopped out and only saw it go right back up. I got into it at a ABC at 100. I had my stop loss at 95. Goes down to 94, 98 and shoots right back up. And then we start to make adjustments on our trading based on that one bad experience. Now, I would say if it's happened to you 200 times where something's going on there where you're trading, I would try to see why is that pattern continuing to, to, to pop back up. But when it's a one-off time, when it's happening here and, and maybe further down the road there, but it's just more happen chance than it is consistently, then that's just part of trading. There's going to be frustrations with trading, and that's why so many people don't make it because they start adjusting their rules off of these one-off events that can be very frustrating to endure through, and then they try to make permanent changes to their trading strategy going forward when they shouldn't be, and it causes them to become less disciplined in their trading, which they should not be doing. Now, the one thing that I do is I reset my stop losses each morning, and the reason for that, and I've had a few instances over the years, and this is probably far more <laughs> frustrating than anything else that I've talked about or will talk about today. And that is when you see your stock open up. So for instance, you get into stock ABC, you set your stop loss at 95. You hold the stock overnight. You have a good to cancel order stop loss. The next morning you wake up, the stock opens down to 97 and takes off right back up to like 102, $103. But then you see that you were stopped out at $97. And you're like, how the heck did that happen? I put in my stop loss yesterday at 95. How in the world could that possibly happen? And so... That happened to me a couple of times, and I, I was so enraged by that because I said they triggered my stop loss without even being hit. And what will oftentimes happen is those stop losses can be triggered. And I'm not saying it's the same for everybody. It was for me on, on Thinkorswim. It was happening to me. Thinkorswim worked with me. They were nice about it, and they made things right. But they also explained to me what was happening, too, where they essentially said that the stock had an ask price for like a split second. You wouldn't even have caught it with your eye. But there was a ask price at one point below the $95 stop loss, and that triggered a, a market order. And while it only lasted for like a split second, again, probably would have seen it even on the bid ask when the market opened. But it happened so fast, it triggered it. And by the time that order got filled, it was already had a bid ask, you know, around 97. And you're thinking to yourself, well, but it never traded down there at 95. And you're right. But sometimes and you got to make sure about this, that your stop orders, they can be triggered by by the ask price going below the stop loss. So that's when I basically said to myself, I will give the market a couple of minutes each day to kind of settle in, get those crazy bid asks that might pop up from time to time. And 
let those get digested and out of the system before I put my stop losses in. That doesn't mean I wait till the end of the first 30 minutes. I'm usually within a minute or two, I'm putting my stop losses on. And the more trades that I have open, the longer it takes me to put my stop losses on. Now, if I wake up one morning and the market's down 200 points on the S&P 500 and I'm look, like blowing through my stop losses, yeah, I'm going to go ahead. I'm not going to wait around. I'm going to go ahead and get right out of them at the market open. Now, sometimes, sometimes at the market open, there's these little nuances that you'll see when you see a significant sell-off in the broader market where there's a lot of panic. Sometimes you can see in your individual place, the market kind of shoot up for maybe like 45 seconds to a minute or two, and you can get out maybe at a little bit better of a price than where you were gapping below your stop loss at. So I've seen that as well. Again, this isn't something that I would say take to the bank that it happens every time. I would just try to be observant of that when you see significant gaps and to the downside in the market. Just see in that first couple of minutes, do you, if you don't see in your, some of your individual stocks or just in the market as a whole, pick out maybe some of the FANG stocks and look at how they respond. If they don't like tick up for just a little bit, sometimes you can save a percentage or two just in that first minute of trading. But I've been asked a lot over the years, Ryan, why don't you just wait till the first 30 minutes of trading is over? And it really goes back down to managing reward risk on all my trades. Yes, I can probably stay in a lot more trades if I waited for that first 30 minutes to expire. But then there's, there's those one-off cases, just like we were talking about the crazy biz, bid asks at the open at times. But there's also those one-off cases to where I might be looking at a 5% loss on a trade, a gap below my 3% stop loss that I had on the trade. And it's you know a 5% loss instead. And I wait for the 30 minutes to pass, but there's just a crushing wave of sell orders that come within that first 30 minutes. And all of a sudden, I might be down 11 or 12%. And that's something I don't want to do or something I don't even want to risk because then that puts you way behind the eight ball. You're trying to make up for that 12% loss in a very big way going forward. That's something that wipes out a lot of winning trades. And it may not be because you had a 3% stop loss that turned into a 12% stop loss. It's also could be something, maybe you're a person that uses a 10% stop loss and you know you wait for the first 30 minutes, but within that first 30 minutes, the stop loss goes from being down 10% to being down 20%. And then you're making up for that. What you're trying to avoid is multiple R's on the reward risk ratio hitting you to where you're having to make that up and across a lot of future trades going forward. So for me, more than hoping that I can eventually be right on the trade or hoping that the stock will turn around in the first 30 minutes and I don't get stopped out, more important to me is keeping that reward risk ratio intact, even if that means I have to tap the risk side of the trade in order to make that happen. Now, in the first 30 minutes of trading, you can see some really weird things. That first 30 minutes, you'll, you'll see either like a surge in buying or a surge in selling. You'll usually see a strong move right out of the open, especially when it's a, a significant gap down or gap higher. The other thing that you'll also see is around that 945 mark. You'll see what I like to call the turn, the 945 a.m. turn, where you'll get a reversal in the opposite direction of whatever the market's been trending in that first 15 minutes. And then around that 952, 953 mark, then you'll start to see it pick back up in the original direction that the market opened up at. Now, again, is this something that happens every day? No, but it does happen quite frequently, especially in a trending market. Say if the market's trending higher and you get a gap down, you might sell off for a little bit. And then at 9.45, you'll get that 9.45 a.m. turn. And then around 9.52, 9.53, you might get a push lower or you'll see a reacceleration of that turn that you saw at 9.45 a.m. So it can really go different ways. But those are kind of the time periods that I like to keep a close eye on especially that nine o'clock where you get a surge of either panic buying or panic selling. And then at 9.45 a.m. where sometimes you'll reverse whatever you saw in that first 15 minutes of trading. The 9.52, 9.53, it, that's a little bit more 
give or take. Sometimes it shows up, sometimes it doesn't. It doesn't have to necessarily happen just because you had a turn at 9.45 a.m. Now, on the second question that was asked, he said, when it comes to holding inverse ETS, do you hold these overnight? I tried to do some math on this, and there is an effective negative compounding of a fluctuating inverse ETF. It seems to hurt the returns there. Could you go into that? Yeah. If you go into, especially like if you look at like some of these volatility index plays, if you go into like UVXY, for instance, I mean, it, it, over time, I mean, this thing just continues to drop perpetually. If you look at SQQQ, a lot of people are playing that right now, trying to get short in the market. But if you try to make the, a long-term investment out of that, you will lose over time. Now, there's a time decay in these where they're having to reset each night in order to get that three to one return each and every day. So with them having to try to get that three to one return each day, they have to reset the ETF. And as a result, it creates a time decay element in the ETF that you don't really want to be a part of from a long-term standpoint. Can you get away with holding it for a couple of days? I mean, the ETF will people will probably tell you, don't do that at all. Now, have I done it? Yes, I've done it. I've held it overnight. It wasn't the end of the world. It's not as much of a time decay from one day to the next, as much as it is from holding it for like a month or a two months period. Yeah, you're going to see some heavy time decay at that point. But I will trade 2X ETS, but primarily, and I've done a podcast episode that you can go back and look at it. I primarily focus on the 1X ETS. So right now, for instance, I've been bullish on small caps. It's, you know, IWM, it was bouncing off of that 180 level. I got long on it there. And then I got long on it again after I, I closed out the first trade for like a 3% profit. I got back in it again and I'm up about 6% on the trade. Now, if I had done TNA, of course, I'd be up like 18%. So I'm giving up some of those gains in order to better manage the risk in order to avoid that time element because I don't know if I'm going to be successful when I'm trading TNA. And if I'm not, I don't want to get stuck in a long-term trade and not only that, but your entries have to be pinpoint precise because really I can risk 3% on IWM or I can risk 3% on TNA. But with TNA, if the stock drops 2%, I'm already out of it. If the stock drops 2% on IWM or the ETF on IWM, if it drops 2%, I'm still in the trade. And oftentimes I might drop one or 2% before it finally starts to pick up the steam to the upside. But with TNA, you got to be pinpoint precise if you're going to try to use the same kind of risk parameters as you would on a 1x and that's where i find myself unable to trade the 3x oftentimes sometimes i can do the 2x ets but still more times than not i'll do the 1x now in 2022 i did a lot of 2x ets i did a lot of the sds i did a lot of qid and i made some good money off of it and there's times where i wish i was more aggressive using those even still today but I'd not. I think over the last year, I've definitely curbed that exposure using the even the 2X. I'll still use them at times, but not as much. And so, yes, I, I give up 18% on IWM right now for 6%, but I'm also able to control my losses much more. For instance, there was an initial pullback in IWM just over the last week. That would have been enough for me to get out of my trade in TNA, which is the 3X long version of IWM. But because I was trading with less volatility and with IWM, I was able to withstand some of that pullback and be able to hold through it and then let IWM go right back and break the previous highs. TNA, I probably wouldn't have done that. So I still think even though I might be taking less from one trade to the next when I'm using IWM versus the results that I could have had with TNA, I think in the long term, because I can better manage the risk because I can stay in the trade for longer and not be hit with that time decay, I'm better off. And also what you'll be better off is by joining swingtradingthestockmarket.com if you're listening to this on a podcasting platform or 
If you're watching me on YouTube, just click join button down below. You can get all of my stock market research each and every day. Swing trading the stock market.com, same thing. You're going to get my market updates. You're going to also get my updates on all the big tech fang stocks. You're also going to get all of my watch lists each and every day, the stocks that I'm looking at potentially trading. Also, some different trade ideas that I come up with each day. Plus, you are going to get my weekly bullish and bearish master watch list. So check that out, swingtradingthestockmarket.com, or by watching on YouTube, you can just click the join button down below and you can help me out there. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure that you like and subscribe on YouTube. Also, make sure that you're leaving me five-star reviews on whatever podcast platform that you're listening to. It means the world to me. Check out swingtradingthestockmarket.com. Click the join button down below if you're watching on YouTube. And keep sending me your emails, ryan at shareplanner.com. I thrive off of these. I've got some emails that I'm excited about answering here in the next couple episodes, but keep sending them to me, ryan at shareplanner.com. I do read them and I do make episodes out of them. So thank you very much and God bless. Thanks for listening to my podcast, Swing Trading the Stock Market. I'd like to encourage you to join me in the Shareplanner Trading Block, where I navigate the stock market each day with traders from around the world. With your membership, you will get a seven-day trial and access to my trading room, including alerts via text, email, and WhatsApp. So go ahead, sign up by going to shareplanner.com slash trading block. That's www.shareplanner.com slash trading block. And follow me on Shareplanner's Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, where I provide unique market and trading information every day. If you have any questions, please feel free to email me at ryan at shareplanner.com. All the best to you, and I look forward to trading with you soon. Mm -hmm.